This episode features controversial topics such as kissing, bullying, cussing, and the word masturbation. But if we can stick together, we will get through this. The year is 1993, and we are about to step into the dark and awkward halls of middle school. There is no avoiding it. One must walk the path laid out before them, and if we are meant to grow into the best possible versions of ourselves, we must be willing to face that which we intended to forget. I'm Jacob Slayton, and this is my entire life. Coming out of my fifth grade year at Booker T. Washington, I had no idea who I was going to become in life. I was wrapped up in fear, anxiety, gangster rap, and cross-colors gear. I needed a change, and I think my parents saw that. So at the end of that school year, in the early summer of 1993, they moved us from our little greenhouse on Teton Forest to a home just a few miles away in a nice little neighborhood called Hillsboro. So here's a few quick things about Hillsboro. It's your basic upper-middle-class white people neighborhood. There was lots of kids, dogs, happy sounds, family life, you know, Christmas lights, trick-or-treating, garage sales. It was just kind of your classic family neighborhood, and it was great. We lived right across the street from the park and the pool, the little neighborhood pool that every summer was just full of life and happiness and fun and it was really everything that you want to have as a kid when you're you know in your middle school and high school years we loved it I already had a couple friends that lived in the neighborhood and it was just a happy place to be and most importantly it was right down the street from our church and my new school Pulaski Academy which is also known as PA where I would start in the sixth grade and remain throughout my senior year and graduate from. And it was great. I'll I'll have have lots of thoughts and memories about it. You will hear all of that really more in the next episode. But this episode is going to focus on middle school. Again, kind of like last time, the memories from this time of my life are foggy, but not quite as foggy as my earlier years. This is the land of 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and my birthday is in September, so each school year is marked by a birthday. So this episode covers the wonderful ages of 12, 13, and 14. You guys remember this time. All right, I'm just now realizing that in order to tell the story of my life, I'm going to have to talk about some things that might reflect poorly on me to the people that I actually know in the real world today, and for that, I only sort of apologize because this is the shit that makes me into the semi-decent person that I am today. So, with that said, let me talk about girls. In 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, there are two girls that come to the forefront of my mind, and those girls are Allie and Jamie. Allie and I kissed, and to my great regret, Jamie and I did not. But they both had an impact on my life, and for that I am totally thankful. So let's start with Allie. I met Allie in sixth grade. All right, wait, let me back up. I need to tell you about PA first, Pulaski Academy, my new school. Whereas Booker T. Washington was the poor black kid's school, PA was definitely the rich white kid's school. And I always talk about 
how I never really had a diverse school experience because I was either at the all black school or the all white school. There was never like an adequate or representative mix of the real world. It was all or nothing. And I think I really missed out on something special there because I really value a rich cultural experience and I I didn't really have that. Anyway, I started at PA in sixth grade and you'll hear more about PA later, but back to Allie. We met right at the beginning of my sixth grade year and I was immediately drawn to her. She was fun, energetic, silly, maybe a little rebellious, kind of all the things that I felt like I was. And so naturally we became boyfriend and girlfriend, which was awesome. And although I don't specifically remember our first kiss, we kissed almost every day in the hallway at school. Just little pecks, you know, little no tongue. You guys remember what that was like. And it was like so exciting um, being, you know, 12 years old and like having my little girlfriend who was cool, you know. And Allie was popular. Everybody knew Allie and she was fun and wild and um, you couldn't miss her. And that's what drew me to her. She was a ball of energy and I loved it and we would like just kiss every day in the hallway and it was so fun and and we would talk on the phone at night and we held hands and all that crap and the reason I mentioned Allie nothing really ever came of that we became great friends and remained great friends for a really long time but the thing about Allie was that that was the first time that I was like okay I like girls and I could at least talk one of them into liking me back and, you know, that's an important thing to figure that out for the first time. Who are you into? What kind of people are you attracted to? And for for me, Allie was kind of the first girl that made me go, okay, this is cool. I like this. Sooner or later, Allie and I broke up. But like I said, we remained great friends uh, all throughout high school. Then along comes Jamie. Jamie was a great ahead of me, which to me really felt like dating a 30-year-old, like, adult woman in the best possible way. Oh, my gosh. Jamie was everything I wanted to be, really. She was so cool, so mysterious, so funny, so wild, so edgy, and just, like, magnetic in every way. And, like I said, she's a grade ahead of me. And, you know, that's a big deal when you're in seventh grade. And... I sort of couldn't really figure out why she liked me, but I was not going to argue with it. Honestly, our relationship probably only lasted like a couple of months. But, you know, at that time in your life, that's like a year. So it, it it was a big deal. Now, let me tell you about the scene that I was kind of in at this time. In sixth grade, seventh grade... I didn't really know who I wanted to be, but I knew who I was going to hang out with. And I was hanging out with a group of kids that was known as the hippies. And I don't really know why they got that nickname, but they were kind of already that when I came along. And I just sort of stepped into their already formed group. And I was happy that they accepted me. The hippies, despite the name, were not your hippies of the 60s. They were your weird, like, grunge kids of the 90s. So at this time, you know, it's 1993, 1994, and it was all about ripped jeans and long hair and, you know, 
weird jewelry and shit and and I was just totally drawn to it, you know. The music at the time was Nirvana and and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Stone Temple Pilots, you know, Alice in Chains, all that good grunge stuff, really the best some of the best music that came out of the 90s for sure. And really you can't talk, I mean, I can't talk about music in the 90s without talking about Weezer. Weezer's Blue album came out in 1994 and that album totally changed my life. I mean, really it it gave me an identity. And I I kind of even since then and maybe to some degree a little bit before then really found my identity through music and I still do today really. But Weezer was the band that it was, you guys know Weezer, you know, it was, they're nerdy, they're goofy, but they've got like a cool style. They were kind of the first like cool nerds, at least that's what I thought. And that Blue Album came out and it was like, literally, it's 10 songs and every single song is fantastic. The Sweater Song, Buddy Holly, My Name is Jonas, Surf Wax America, Only in Dreams, In the Garage. It, it's just a classic amazing album when that came out it just was like oh sweet and and it was kind of like the thing where the music started to become popular and kids at school were like they just automatically knew that I was gonna like Weezer I didn't even have to say it they just go oh this is music for Jacob and it was they, they were right uh, they had me pegged you know it was just perfect so this is the group I'm hanging out with right uh, these long-haired, ratty-dressed, grunge kids that really we just wanted to be like everyone in Nirvana and or Weezer, you know. And the hippies were edgy. They were, they were wild. They had a different family situation than I had, and it was just really compelling to me. I don't know why. I guess you kind of always want the thing that you don't have, and. They liked me. They liked my sense of humor. They liked my wittiness. And so that's who I hung out with. So back to Jamie. Jamie was a part of that group. There was a few girls that were kind of hanging out with us. And Jamie was one of them. But again, she was a grade older than me. She had some different friends, but they hung out with us. And anyway, I don't really know what the connection was. It was definitely with the girls, but they would go to these Y-teens dances. I still don't even know what Y-teens is, but they would go to these things and my parents would let me go. And basically, a Y-teens dance at that time was literally like a dark gymnasium with like a disco ball and a fog machine and a DJ and like... A hundred seventh graders, or maybe more, maybe less, I don't know. But just imagine walking into that. Like you open some gym doors and you walk in, and there's all these kids just kind of hanging out. Nobody was dancing. There was no dancing happening at all. It was just hangout time in the dark with your friends, which was awesome. You know, I mean, how awesome is that? It, so when those doors opened up, it was like, oh, hell yeah, this is cool. And they're playing good music and there's cute girls around, you know, I mean, what can I say? That was exactly what I wanted to, to be involved in. And so I'd go to these Y teens dances with these girls and, and, and my guy friends, you know, and 
just hang out, listen to music, laugh. And this was kind of like the beginnings of the opportunities for relationships and flirting and stuff. And I remember seeing Jamie there. And in my mind, I picture her like sitting on a speaker, you know, just sort of being cool somewhere. And she was just so magnetic to me. So we started kind of being boyfriend and girlfriend type thing. And that began this little short relationship that we had. But it was special to me because of really one main experience, which was during that time we would go, you know, Friday nights we would go up to the football games, the high school football games. And, you know, that's a fun thing to do when you're a kid. And during the football game, the kids that were my age would go and hang out on the practice field, which was like above, like up the hill from the football field. And it was just like this dark hill um, and honestly, it was kind of like the white teens dances without the music in the gymnasium, but it was just, it was just a dark place to hang out, which for some reason, when you're in seventh and eighth grade, you, you just want to be in the dark. Um, I don't know, maybe there's more to that that we can explore <laughs> later, but we'd hang out on this dark practice field and we'd run around in circles and stuff. And I'd hang out with Jamie up there. And one night, Jamie and I are hanging out and we decide to go and we, we decide to split off and and go take a walk together. And so we walk kind of around the football field and down behind it on the other side of the practice field. And we're basically under the bleachers, you know, and we're sitting there on this hill under the bleachers and we're sitting real close to each other. And I put my arm around her and she kind of snuggles her head down into my shoulder and it was just one of those like quiet moments that you have. You guys remember these things. I felt, you know, something bubbling up inside me. I wanted to say something sweet to her. And this was kind of the first time that I let it fly, you know. And I just said to Jamie, you're really pretty. And she said, thank you. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I can talk to girls. And for me, what I learned at that moment was being sweet to girls works. And it was like, check mark, I have a little bit of game. You know, at that point in time, you, you take what you can get. And it was so cool. And again, like, we never kissed or anything. And I probably should have kissed her that night, but I didn't. Uh, I, it was good enough for me to just say something sweet to her. And that's who I was, you know, I was a tender-hearted kid. And Jamie and I had a good time together, and I still know her today, and she's an awesome, wonderful person, and it's funny that I still know her today. And anyway, so Jamie and I eventually break up, whatever. But that was a significant thing to me in, like, seventh grade, just to know and learn that I can talk to girls, and they like me for some reason. I never really knew why. I think it was probably because I was just funny and sweet, and I wasn't too edgy or bad, um, but I was on the borderline. So that, that was a significant thing to me. Moving on from there, I really felt like I had established myself in the school. I had my friend group. I had a couple girls that liked me. I was having fun. I was becoming popular. People generally liked me. I knew that I was funny. And, and I had this identity that I found in music. You know, and really that's that's all you need in about seventh, eighth grade is that mix of things, you know, something that makes you feel like you're unique or a part of something. 
And so, you know, it really wasn't that bad. Um, it, it got a little bit bad at some points later, and I'll tell you about that in just a minute. But I want you to get the idea that I, I had a place in the world. I had a place in the school. Now, speaking of school, the actual school part of school, I never really cared for. I was not good at it. I did not make good grades. It was just something that I had to go through in my life. And that remained true throughout all of my school career, all through college. I I was never into it. I never felt like fulfilled from it. But it was a part of my life. So I have my friend group. I got my crew. And it was cool. I knew who to hang out with. I had people to sit with at lunch. And back to my friends, the hippies. They were edgy. They were wild. And they had a very different like family situation than I had. And I knew that real quickly. Their families were divorced and, you know, their parents would cuss around them and things like that. That was not my experience. My family, my parents were tight, married, happy, very wholesome. You know, we we were not really allowed to watch certain things on TV. We certainly were not allowed to disrespect them or say cuss words or anything like that. And so for me, there was this sort of dichotomy of, you know, my home life was one thing and my school life was a different thing. And my friends' lives were definitely different than mine. And, you know, I'd hang out with them, spend the night at their house and things like that and see how their families worked and pick up things that they did and then get in trouble for those things at my house. And anyway, all that comes down to uh, this one day where I got caught cussing at school where... You know, like I told you in the last episode, my brother taught me these cuss words. And, of course, my friends uh, taught me the rest of them. But one day, this is, like, totally insignificant, really, but it it was meaningful to me at the time. I'm standing around on the playground with my friends, and we're just, like, talking. And there was a substitute teacher nearby, and I didn't realize it was a substitute teacher because she was, like, small and petite and like basically the same size as like an eighth grader and so I didn't realize who she was and I remember I said the word shit and I don't even remember what I was talking about but she heard me and turned around and was like excuse me you know she didn't even know my name but she came over and said something about you know that kind of language is not appropriate and all this stuff and it was like really embarrassing to me and all my friends laughed of course but that was just that just painted a picture of this tension that i was living in of i feel like i'm this type of person but the world is telling me that that type of person is not what you're supposed to be you know i i felt drawn to the edgy and and the rebellious things of life but my the authority figures in my life my parents my teachers did not want that for me. And it was just a tension, you know, and, and I, I knew the difference between right and wrong. I also knew to some degree that cussing isn't wrong. But, you know, when you're in seventh grade, these kinds of things really matter. And I really felt that, this tension. Another funny story, an embarrassing story, was around the same time we were listening to Green Day. Their first album, Dookie, came out. And 
you know, we loved it. It was amazing. It was like this sort of new punk rock for our generation, and we loved it. Long story short, they have a song which has the word masturbation in it, and I did not know what that word meant. I knew what the concept of masturbation was, but I did not know that particular word. And one day I was singing that song at school, masturbation's lost its fun, and one of the teachers heard me, and they it's just like the same thing. They snapped at me and, hey, excuse me, what did you just say? And it was like I could feel my face go flush red, and it was like, oh, my God, what have I done? I, I, don't, I don't know why I'm in trouble right now. But, again, it was, it, that was one of the most embarrassing like moments because everybody looked at me, and, and I knew that some of the kids didn't know what it meant either, but I could tell it was like a buzzword. And it was really embarrassing to me. And it wasn't until like shortly after that that I found out what that word actually meant. And this is funny for anyone that was like around at that time. You'll you'll probably remember this, but at that time, the Surgeon General of the United States was this lady named Jocelyn Elders, and she had all this controversy for whatever reason. But one of the things was she had said something about how schools ought to teach masturbation as a form of sex ed. And that's when I really learned what that word meant. And I was like, oh my God, I've been saying this out loud. It's, it was super embarrassing. Anyway, that was a funny side note. So those were two just embarrassing things that happened to me at the time that did nothing other than to highlight the tension that I was living in, which was, again, like this pull between the rebellious and the proper or the expectations that people had on me and the interests that I wanted to live in. You know, I'm thankful for my family and my parents and the upbringing that I had because they loved me and they looked out for me and they protected me and they sheltered me from some of the darker things of the world. They didn't allow me to be disrespectful. They expected, you know, proper behavior out of me. But at the same time, they allowed me to be myself in a lot of ways, you know, and hang out with the people I wanted to hang out with and wear the kinds of clothes I wanted to wear and listen to the kind of music I wanted to listen to. And gosh, that seems so rare nowadays to have parents that are just understanding. And so I really appreciated that, but I was just well aware of that tension of, of what I wanted to be and what other people wanted for me. And I was also aware at the time that my parents loved me for who I was. And they probably understood that, you know, seventh graders are going to be seventh graders. Or maybe they had no idea what they were doing. Either way, this was the world I was in, right? Now, before I wrap this up, I got to tell you one more story. The hardest part of my middle school years. And then I'll tell you what we're going to do next time. So, seventh grade... I'm this skinny, little, goofy, sort of punk rock, grunge kind of Weezer kid. I was a class clown. I was always goofing, always making people laugh. And there was an eighth grader that did not like me for whatever reason. 
I honestly don't remember even having a single conversation with him, but he did not like me. And his name was Jack. And where I was this like little skinny, nothing kid, Jack was this big, fat, redneck, country, you know, cowboy boots wearing, corn-fed boy. You know what I mean? And in the hallway, he would pick on me all the time. He would push me around. He would kick me in the shins with his cowboy boots, like hard, you know, and that really hurt. And I didn't understand it. Honestly, he probably outweighed me by 80 pounds. And he would just mess with me like all the time. And one day in the hallway, he's picking on me and pushing me around. And this group starts to gather around. And this happened, you know, somewhat frequently where he would he would pick on me and you know how it is in school you 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 watch the fights and things like that and he was pushing me around and he pushed me down on the ground and you know it was embarrassing everybody's like laughing and staring and you know these kinds of things like hurt your reputation whatever reputation you have in seventh grade and he's this big eighth grader and kids are watching and he's pushing me around and just making a whole scene and this other kid walks up who was in ninth grade. And when you're in seventh grade, a ninth grader is like basically in college. You know, they're like a full adult. Like they're shaving and like on the high school football team. And this kid, his name was Clay. And Clay knew who I was because he played drums for a band. And I liked their band, you know. And he would, he would uh, they would like sell their tapes, you know. We had tapes and he would sell me tapes and stuff of their band and he was just cool i he he liked me because i paid him 10 bucks for a tape or whatever and i liked his band and gosh i'm just so thankful for that because clay walks up and he's you know even bigger than jack and jack's picking on me everyone's gathered around clay kind of bursts through the crowd sees me on the ground grabs jack by the shirt collars and slams him up against the lockers bang and he puts his finger right in his face and he says, pick on somebody your own fucking size. And then he throws Jack down on the ground and then just walks away. And everybody laughed at Jack. Everybody cheered for Clay. People picked me up off the ground and we walked away with our arms around each other like victory, you know? And it was just like this amazing like he was my superhero, you know, and it, it just, I was so thankful to have a protector because I could not defend myself in that situation. And Jack was never going to let up. At least that's what it seemed like. And then he never bothered me again after that. And it was so cool. And I was just so thankful for that because I, I didn't know what to do. I, I couldn't deal with it. And you know, it's funny, I tell you that story, and I, and I brush right over it, but Jack really bothered me for a long time, and Clay came in and ended it, and it was just so cool, and I don't know, maybe I learned something about relying on other people. All right, so those are the main memories I have of middle school. I'm sure there's more. I'm leaving stuff out. It doesn't matter. This is my podcast. I do what I want with it. Middle school sucks. Let's get beyond it. And let's get into high school. Next episode, we're going to talk about high school. I, I may 
do individual episodes for each year of high school. I may do one episode covering all of high school. I'm not sure yet, but it's going to be good. High school gets better. I loved high school. I enjoyed it. I hated the school part. I loved the hanging out part and the friends part. It was great, even with all the misery. I hope you join me next time to hear more about that. And then beyond that, we get into sort of the real stuff of life. My, my real, actual, we'll call it adulthood. Anyway, subscribe to the podcast. Send it to your friends. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.